We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor here at SportingNews.com, along with Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. And, Bill, we are starting to take a breath, uh, but as soon as we did, the transfer portal uh, opened up very wide, and uh, hundreds and hundreds of players have jumped in. I heard uh, one person tell me that 300 wide receivers alone are in the transfer portal. So today on our show, we will talk about the transfer portal. We will talk talk some Heisman Trophy. We will talk some bowl games. And we will uh, start to enter phase two of the season now that the college football regular season has concluded. Yeah, you know, and the transfer portal, obviously, I don't like it. I mean, I don't like the fact that a 1,000 kids are switching schools and a lot of those kids won't find a school and it's you know i don't think this was the intention of the rule when they changed it so I may mean, i say it like both ways i don't like that but at the same time it does create opportunities for other kids to play none more at the quarterback position i mean that's the most visible position that's the one where all those heisman finalists are going to be every year and um obviously a lot of names come and go i didn't look to see how many of these acc quarterbacks that I had in the, the win in the portal, I think three or four of them were on our top 25 quarterbacks for 2022. Oh, in the preseason. Yeah. I know Brennan Armstrong and Jerkovich and Devin Leary for sure. And I think mm-hmm. DJU was right on the outside. So mm-hmm. I mean, what a, another wrinkle to this thing. I just, it's, it's not, I don't think it's good for the game, honestly, but I mean, it's, that's an old man rant in some ways. It just, it's, <laughs> But, you know, that's an opinion and I'm allowed to have it. Well, it's clearly changing the sport, right? And it's, it's, I don't know if the word de-emphasizing is the right word, but it certainly changes the impact of recruiting high school players because you start to recruit out of the transfer portal. I mean, there were recruiting coordinators uh, in reports on The Athletic talking about the whole year was revolving around December 5th. And that's not signing day. That's transfer portal is open day. 
And these teams need to be prepared to make offers, to set up visits, and to get these kids committed in the opening, opening moments of this transfer portal season. And uh, the high school kids, a lot of them are not going to get recruited. Now, so what happens to the the lower half of these, you know, top 150, top 300 kids that they're no longer getting these Power 5 offers because those schools are going after transfers now, right? So does yep. that strengthen the group of, group of five? Does that spread out the talent a little more? Are we going to have a little more parity when it comes to the sport as a whole? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, because like Georgia can use it as a free agent, like Georgia becomes the Yankees essentially, you know, like parody. What do you mean? Parody? Like, uh, not beyond yeah. the top five. I'm yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Beyond that. Yes. You know, like Michigan, but it's like hit or miss now, isn't it? So like Michigan state was awesome last year. Cause they hit some portal guys. Kenneth this Walker, year, especially right this year. Not so much. Um, they did the same thing and it didn't work out. Um, USC, obviously big time portals team, Ole Miss big time portal team. So I think you're right from that standpoint that like a Louisville, for example, whenever they get a new coach, if they get a bunch of portal guys could go win a division. Well, they don't have a division. They could go win nine or 10 games. I could see that, but I think it's just used in different ways. Like for Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, it's basically, 
oh, we're the Yankees. We can go get the third baseman we want. I saw some who I don't a hundred percent know too much about Trey Turner because I didn't watch much baseball, but he got three hundred million dollars. That's who these teams are. They can go get the Trey Turners for eleven years, like the Phillies did the other day. It's funny though, Alabama dipped into the transfer portal for help on their offensive line. They grabbed a kid from uh, Vanderbilt and then he ended up starting this year and he wasn't that good. And, and Alabama's offensive line wasn't that great. So it's not always a, a turnkey solution for everybody. And I think one of the examples of the sport changing and the, the role of the coach and the roster building is, uh, is Sonny Dykes was hired last December, I think. Mm-hmm. at TCU he spent the entire month of December get doing home visits to kids already on the roster <laughs> and I think he was re-recruiting the roster which isn't you know totally unusual for a new coach but I think coaches are going to spend an inordinate amount of time trying to keep kids out of the portal and re-recruit them to the roster kids that they want and that just changes the whole calendar and, and the difficulty of kind of maintaining your roster. I mean, there's only so many hours in a, in a day and a week that these coaches can can work. And, you know, previously, I think it was 100 percent on the high school recruiting, high school recruiting, high school recruiting. And now they have to budget their time accordingly and figure out what their priorities are. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like we were talking about this this morning, like signing day changes for me. I don't. Well, you have the number one signing day class. Great. How many of those kids? That, that'll that be something that I'd love to see over the next couple cycles as you look back four years. Okay, how many of those kids did you keep? Right. That, I mean, everyone's looking at Texas A&M's class from last year. They had a gazillion five stars. They mm-hmm. had a bad season. Those guys probably didn't enjoy it. How many of those kids are going to get in the portal? Like that, that's, where, that's where you win signing day is four years later. How many of these kids did you keep? How many competed? How many... Uh, you know, it's so it is what it is. It's, you know, I, I do think it's exciting in some ways where you're like, okay, where is Jerkovich? How's he going to do there? Uh, where's DJU going to go for Clemson? I mean, obviously, like I said, that's where it's most visible for me, uh, the quarterback position where, you know, we had 20 or so. We talked about this, I think, in last week's podcast where four of the last six Heisman winners are transfer quarterbacks. Caleb so many, will be the fourth. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Caleb, Caleb will be four. And, uh, yeah, that's – I mean, if you get the right guy at quarterback, that's what happens. And Michael Penix is another great example. I mean, you, you were slacking me some stats about him this morning. He should, he probably should be in New York. And Bo, Bo Nix, huge Ooh. difference maker out of the transfer portal right away. So let's – we have a tracker at sportingnews.com. We are tracking the uh, big-name quarterbacks who are in the transfer portal, where they're going, when, um, where they're going to land, who's in, who's still looking – and um, you can follow that. We will keep this alive for the next, I don't know, at least month or two, because I think some guys will sign right away. A couple already have, of course. Uh, Cade McNamara from Michigan to Iowa. Uh, Shadur Sanders, Dion's son from Jackson State to Colorado, of course. And then uh, we also have Phil Jerkovich going to his third school, Notre Dame, to Boston College. Next year he's going to Pitt. Um, so – when you look at this tracker that we've put together, okay, we've got those three are, are committed, and then we've got uh, three, about 10, 12 names, notable names, Graham Mertz, Wisconsin, those kind of guys. What grabs you, Bill, when you look at this list? 
Um, a lot, you know, like you said, these guys, a lot of these guys have been in college forever. I mean, that's one. I mean, I, you look at like the years, some of these guys have been on roster and some of that's a combination of the COVID year, getting an extra year, um, the red, couple that red shirted. I mean, Brendan Armstrong has like every Virginia passing record and he's going to play somewhere else next year. Devin Leary was a guy we were wondering out loud, is he a first round pick? Now he's got to go prove it somewhere else. I mean, DJU, a five-star guy. Um, all of those guys kind of stick out to me and there'll be more. I mean, Spencer Sanders, there were people talking about him yesterday. Injuries got in the way, but to me, it's like, okay, don't you still fit better at Oklahoma state than you would somewhere else? And I'm kind of wondering that with him. Yeah. I don't know that they have another guy pushing him out kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when Jack Cohn left Wisconsin and Graham Mertz was behind him, they kind of invested in Graham Mertz, everybody, you know, I think he was a five-star and people saw potential in him made sense. Jack Cohn, one more year goes to Notre Dame. We need to needs a quarterback has a pretty solid year. And that made sense. And, you know, I think Spencer Sanders could be that level of one year quarterback. He's not going to be in the Heisman discussion, I don't think, or anything like that. Um, but it's curious that he's leaving a very successful, very stable program uh, with just one year to go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's some of that. And one of the things I probably should go do, Bill, is look at which one of these guys is a graduate transfer, which how many years, that's something I'm actually going to go back in and, and update is like, how many years do you have these guys? Cause some of them, like I said, I got so confused cause I was like, man, he's been there since 2017, you know? And that's, that's what we had this year with guys like Tanner Morgan and Sean Clifford. And some of it is fatigue. I think with some of the schools, like they want to look at the next guy and Cade McNamara is a great, not a great example of that, but a great example of somebody that found a decent fit. I, I think he'll do okay at Iowa and that offense can't do much worse than they did this year on offense. So um, as far as what they try to do, he'll be all right. Um, he might bring his tight end along with him, right? Right. And then I'm looking at Notre Dame, which you're into. I'm like, okay, well, one, who's starting in the bowl game is Bookner's back. So in theory, it's him Two, what's that fall quarter or uh spring quarterback battle going to look like which transfers coming in because you got to think they're going to go after at least one. Oh yeah they well that's part of the reason pine transferred drew pine uh had a meeting with marcus freeman freeman told him that they were going to look in the transfer portal obviously don't have anything set up but they were going to look to bring somebody in for some competition with him and buckner and um Steve Angeli, who's the true freshman this year, who they were trying to redshirt. Uh, that's why they did not play him against the uh, in a big blowout against Boston College. So my guess is they don't want to play him in the bowl game either to keep him under that four-game threshold, um, which would lead Buckner. But, I, you know, when Pine heard they were bringing somebody in, he decided to leave before the bowl game instead of after the bowl game. Yep. Left Notre Dame a little high and dry. Um I think he resented the fact that a, a transfer was going to be brought in. And now, yeah, Notre Dame's stuck a little bit. If Buckner's not 100% and he's, you know, they don't get a transfer and he's the future of the position at the school, I don't know how much they want to play him in the bowl game. So it, it definitely gets messy at Notre Dame. I think I've seen Hudson Card's name linked to Notre Dame. I don't know how serious that is. A guy that I would target if I were them is Armstrong. Um, 
think he could be a good one-year guy. Devin Leary, the market for him is going to be very uh, large. I don't know if Notre Dame will win the battle for that one because he's going to be, you know, he was very good last year. He was preseason ACC player of the year this year. Did not have a great start. I watched him a couple of times. You could see some NFL throws where he, you know, goes to the far hash and really has an arm. But I, he didn't play great, and then he got injured probably three quarters of the year through the uh, three quarters of the way through the year. Um, but he, he he's a guy that, like I said, he's shown he can do it. He's got an NFL arm. He probably has an NFL future. He's going to be in demand. Yeah, I mean that, that's true. And, and again, some of these guys will be, and some won't. Um, Austin Reed, Western Kentucky, had a ton of touchdowns. That's a guy that's that's what I think in some ways it should be a de- design for a guy like him to come up and prove it, which Grayson McCall didn't do last year. Um, and, and you know, this is what JT Daniels is going to play for his fourth school. <laughs> that's you can't tell me that we're doing college if that's how this is going to work, where you have a guy playing for four schools, like just well, fourth power five. I mean, presumably, I, you know, it's like, these aren't just small schools or he worked his way right. up, you know, up the ladder group of five to power five. Around the, he's on his fourth, presumably power five school, which is very ridiculous. Very yeah. Like, I mean, and that's fine. I mean, I have no problem with JT Daniels getting an opportunity to play, but like, if was that the intent of the transfer portal rule when they put it through? I doubt it. Right. Agree. Agree. You mentioned Austin Reed out of Western Kentucky. I was looking at his numbers. 4,200 yards, 36 touchdowns. Great numbers, right? Pale in comparison to Bailey Zappi's numbers right last year yeah. at Western Kentucky. I think he had 62 uh, touchdowns, a record, and five or 6,000 yards. Like it, just, it was very funny to look at those numbers and see um, just what Zappi did last year. And then, you know, he made the NFL, and he's, he's played a little bit in the NFL. Let's switch gears uh, and talk Heisman Trophy. The uh, you're a voter. You've submitted your vote. You're not allowed to talk about your vote, correct? Till after. Not allowed to do uh, till after. But we are. We're kind of allowed to say we were looking at these guys. So, I sure. Mean, sure. Yeah, I definitely voted, and all of the four finalists, the guys that are in New York, were definitely considered on my ballot, and and part of that discussion. So yeah, let's go through them just yeah. real quick for people that don't know. C.J. Stroud. Uh, Caleb Williams of Ohio State, Caleb Williams, USC, Stetson Bennett, Georgia, and Max Duggan, TCU. All four quarterbacks, all four had terrific seasons, top 10 seasons. Uh, so how did you go through your ballot? Well, I mean, if you combine the four of these guys, you'd have Joe Burrow. That's the problem with this year. Is I mean, like, so Stroud is the best efficiency of the four. Uh, Caleb Williams, best playmaker, probably the best NFL talent. Um Stetson Bennett's on the best team and Max Duggan in a lot of ways is the best story about what the Heisman's supposed to be about. I see a lot of Heisman trophy crybabies on Twitter right now trying to, you know, like it's the best. First of all, here's my Heisman spiel. It's the best individual award in all of sports. It's the most recognizable trophy for an individual, not for like the Stanley cup for an individual award. I don't know what the Cy Young award looks like. I have no idea what the NFL MVP trophy is. I know exactly what the Heisman is. So that's one. People then people complain about the voting process. Well, people get left out. And we're going to talk about one that got left out. But it's hard. It's really when you vote for it, if you take it seriously like I do, it is very stressful because you're like, 
I want to get the, I don't want to necessarily get it right because it's your opinion, but you, you, you think about it, you like, there's a responsibility when you're voting for a award that's that old and that prestigious. So it was fun. I have fun with it. I, I have Grant come sit next to me when I do it and I'll kind of have, Hey, did I get these right? And he'll be like, kind of look at me like, you know, whatever. I, I always talk about the one year. The only year I have voted for the guy that didn't win it was when I voted for Tua and Kyler won it. And okay. it was, that was 50, 50. That was kind of like this year where it was hard. Like I feel like I could have voted for any one of three of those four guys. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one off the board that I was considering as well. Yeah. So speaking of off the board, Hendon Hooker, Tennessee quarterback, terrific year, did not get a, a spot in New York, did not get an invitation. I think that was a little bit of an outrage yesterday when people saw the four finalists. I think a lot of uh, Twitter talk was that um, Hooker had a better year than Stetson Bennett. Um, he was 9-2 and two as a starter. He missed the last game of the season against Vanderbilt with a uh, torn ACL. Uh, he was the second highest rated passer behind C.J. Stroud. He was number one in yards per attempt, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, and then a phenomenally clutch game against Alabama on national TV, the most viewed, second most viewed, I guess, behind Ohio State-Michigan game, if you want to talk about the Heisman moment, right? Hooker had his against Alabama and came through in incredible fashion right in the last second, dominated against LSU. What do you think left him out? Oh, he should be there. I, I would have just made – I well, I want to see the voting, I guess, because I'm wondering – when it's all said and done, will Hendon Hooker be fifth or will it be Blake Corum or, or will it be Bryce Young? Um, I, I thought Hooker should be a finalist. That's that's one thing I did think with him. Fantastic season. Now, I think there's an argument as much as people are using Hooker to trash Stetson Bennett. I think Bennett's got some arguments on him. One, hey, I beat you head to head. I was good in that game head to head. And uh, in the four games where I played ranked or the three games where I played ranked teams, I averaged 300 yards with eight touchdowns and no interceptions. Bennett's pretty money, and he doesn't play a lot in the fourth quarter. So, but it's a statistical award, and Hendon Hooker had just as much. So, I mean, had they flipped Hooker and Bennett, or Hooker and even Stroud, I, I, I or or just put him in there with those guys, I, I think it would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of. Uh, the top players in the country and how they're all quarterbacks, or at least for the Heisman Trophy. Um, ESPN Plus had a cool story, I guess it was almost a week ago at this point, um, where the the byline was Adam Rittenberg. I'm sure they had an army of, of people getting these quotes. They talked to 45 college football coaches across the five uh, Power Five conferences uh, to get their opinions on the best players in each league. And uh, this is appropriate now because we're working on our All-America team that's going to come out next week. And I um, have the story in front of me. You said you hadn't read it, but it was interesting. I want to get your reactions to some of the uh, the coaches' observations uh, as to who the best players were. And if you uh, – we'll start in the ACC, okay? If, you, if I had to say who are the top two players in the ACC, according to coaches – who they've played and that kind of thing. Who would you come up with? I mean, 
Jordan Travis was a matchup problem for people. I mean, at quarterback, you might be one. And then I trying to pick which lineman it would be. At, I mean, Kalijah Kansi's very good at Pitt, and KJ Henry at Clemson is a guy that I've seen a lot of stuff about, even though he doesn't have huge numbers. That those are good. The guy who jumped out, Zay Flowers, the guy yeah. I'm trying to get on our All America team. Mm-hmm. Zay Flowers of Boston College got really a lot of praise. Uh, from a lot of the coaches in the league. So I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, Drake May uh, mm-hmm. was named as probably the best quarterback in a in a league that's pretty deep in quarterbacks. Um, but some of them had dis- disappointing years this year, uh, Brendan Armstrong being one of them, Sam Hartman being one of them, and even Larry, too. But uh, Drake May was a great story. You talked to him middle of the season. Um, and, I, and, and I think um, – it's not a big surprise to see Drake May's name. Zay Flowers, though, a little under the radar. Yeah, yeah. May and Travis, obviously, great playmakers. And Flowers, we'll have to – that receiver debate – well, there's one that's not a debate after him. Then uh, we may have some debates tomorrow as we touch up that All-American team. Now, going into the Big Ten, speaking of the uh, the, the wide receiver, best player in the Big Ten – yeah, it's not, Marvin Marvin Harrison. Not like, C.J. Stroud, who everybody has right. on their husband ballots and who, who is going to New York, according to the coaches and this sort of informal survey, that he's not even the best player on his team. Yeah, Marvin Harrison. Like, he's potential. I, I talked to a one of my reporter friends, and he, he said he was talking to a coach that said Marvin Harrison might be the number one pick in the draft. That hasn't happened since Keyshawn. So, I mean, that's going to be an interesting, and it's not even this year, it's next year where we're having that discussion. So, yeah, I mean, anybody that's watched him play, it's like watching a taller version of his dad with, you know, the same freakish skills that his dad had. So, yeah, he, he, he's amazing. Um, Did they, there's just one, they didn't have a second one. They went with Marvin Harrison, and then they said, uh, that, who is the best Big Ten running back? They discussed three. They said it was almost a collection of three. And I think you can guess the three. Obviously, Blake Corum and Chase Brown. Who do you think the third was? Mayan Williams, maybe? No, Minnesota's Mohamed Ibrahim. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense, too. Yeah. So they were uh, they were all discussed as a group um, in terms of the challenge of, of facing those guys and things like that. So that was, that was interesting. Big 12 player of the year. Again, there's a Big 12 guy going to New York. Mm-hmm. It's different than the guy that these coaches kind of like discussed in the majority. Of course, a, you know, is it a defensive or offensive guy? It's an offensive guy. So we have on our All American team. His name Bijan, is Bijan Robinson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's funny to think, you know, the the Heisman is so quarterback focused. Um, but I think you and I would agree Marvin Harrison and Bijan Robinson are, are great, great players, but they're not going to get any Heisman love. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, they're, it, we, we're not really spoiling anything. I think both of those guys will be on every All-American team. Mm-hmm. I'll be stunned if they're not on a first team across all of them. So, uh, um, or at least high in the discussion, but yeah, I mean, but John Robinson's incredible. Um, best Duggan, Duggan got praise for his intangibles and all that stuff and had a great season, of course, but, uh, yep. It's, it's, I mean, and TCU's got some dudes. The Johnson's good at receiver. Kendra mm-hmm. Miller's a game breaker. So, um, but yeah, Bajan, I was going to say, you know, give it a year. We're probably going to be saying Quinn yours because of what he can do. And, how that pans out and how much they work arch in there next year. But uh, Quinn Ewers definitely is a guy that I would think if I was an NFL scout, I'd probably looking at him the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pac-12, uh, of course, the home of Caleb Williams. And it, 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 they had a debate as to who the best quarterback in the Pac-12 was. Caleb Williams is one of them. And we've mentioned the other one earlier today. Uh. We haven't talked about Cam Rising. Oh, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Michael Penix, actually. Michael Penix. There you go. I Michael mean, they're Penix, all good. actually. Yo, though, yeah, no question. The, the Pac-12 is the deepest quarterback conference, no question, this year. Um, but, you know, some people said USC would be nothing without Caleb Williams, and he was clearly, you know, the, the best player, and I think he's going to win the Heisman, that kind of thing. Um, but one Pac-12 defensive coordinator, this is a quote, on Michael Penix said, hands down, he was the best. There's no way you could disguise a coverage to get him off his read. If a corner flashes a shoulder one way, he's taking his read. I'd rather face Caleb than this kid. You can get Caleb rattled. So that was one defensive coordinator. So interesting to think that Michael Penix, who he won't finish in the top 10, I wouldn't think, in the Heisman. But uh, he impressed some coaches out on the West Coast. The other one I would put on there is a running back that I think is going to have success at the next level, Zach Charbonnet. Mm. I don't know. You know, he's probably not like a matchup nightmare or anything, but he'll be on your fantasy team next year. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a very good running back that can do it all. So uh, very impressed with the season he had. Yeah, terrific feet, and he can get places in traffic. He doesn't need a lot of space. Mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of space in the NFL, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, I think that skill is going to translate to the next level. Finally, the SEC, they uh, no big surprises here. Uh, the four guys that they kind of single out, two are from Georgia, two are from Tennessee. I think you can guess the two from Tennessee. They have two from Alabama. And then the, the two guys. So, I yeah. mean, like Hyatt and Hooker. Hyatt and Hooker for Tennessee. And then Bowers and Carter. Well, Bennett. They actually talked about uh, Stetson Bennett, actually. You know, really? they said, yeah, they did. You know, Stetson, he's, uh, he never gets enough credit. Uh, this kid is so efficient in what he does. So that was interesting. Um, and like you said, it's a college award. It's college mm-hmm. players. Bennett might not translate to NFL skills, but certainly when called upon, he has been terrific, and you know Georgia's offense is definitely better than it was last year, and he's a big reason for it. 
Yep. And, and what I mean, if we're talking about, this is the thing with college football versus the NFL, like the two guys, like, and I always do the scale of I'm a Packers fan here is the guys I want on the Packers. It's if all those guys you just listed, the two guys I would want on the Green Bay Packers are one Harrison and two Bowers. Mm. And whenever Rogers retires, well, Jordan loves probably the quarterback, but like of all those quarterbacks, I'd probably, probably you've always, been, always, you've always been a big Caleb Williams guy. Caleb, probably Caleb Williams, but there are some things in his game that will need refined before he gets to the NFL. But I still think he's going to be a phenomenal QB at the next level. And these coaches, of course, they loved Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, yeah. uh, both of uh, Alabama's uh, defensive linemen yeah. there. So just that's interesting. Cool yeah, that's yeah I it was to check it out. It was a good story. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was fun to go through. Finally, our t- last topic before we get out of here. Uh, you wrote a story that we published this morning, 10 bowl games outside of the CFP semifinals that you are looking forward to. Um, do you want to discuss some of those? Yeah. Have I mean, at it. Well, you know, people, here's another gripe, other than the Heisman whiners, is the people, oh, these bowl games are horrible. Like after these 41 games, we don't have 42 with the title game. We don't have college football till September or late August. So yes, I will watch what's on the TV other than going through Netflix, looking for some show that I don't really want to watch. So um, the first one right out of the go, like UTSA and Troy, great story. Frank Harris is fun to watch. Um, John Summerall, Troy had a great season. Uh, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl is going to be good. Well, both first, before you get on, the, the both the Troy Troy's coach and UTSA's coach are Eddie Robinson finalists. Nice. Which just Good. came out. Um, that list. There was no real surprises on there. I thought there was a one huge omission. UConn's Jim Mora somehow was not on that list. And holy mackerel, what he did with that right. dumpster fire of a program as an independent to get him to a bowl game in year one. He deserves so, to at least be a finalist on that. I agree with that. that list. Yeah. And I think well, Summerall and Trailer two for me, it's like you like watching the high-end group of five games because it's like these teams may never get a playoff shot, but it's cool when they like they had that with Coastal and Liberty a few years ago. I guarantee mm-hmm. you that would be a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then, like you said, um, as you get further down the list, it does get into the, you know, obviously the New Year's Day Six Bulls. I am excited to watch Notre Dame, South Carolina, mm-hmm. because South Carolina was on a heater to end the year. And um, <laughs> I always kind of like, Notre Dame and South Carolina will be it teams we talk about a lot in the preseason. What's next for Marcus Freeman in year two? Can Shane Beamer push South Carolina up into that, you know, conversation maybe to push Georgia? Not they didn't compete with them this year, but um, those are that's that's a fun bowl game. ESPN needs to invite Shane Beamer to be the uh, analyst for the Orange Bowl, and he can explain how to beat both teams. Oh, that'd be great! Yeah. (laughs) The, the Tennessee-Clemson game will be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Oregon-North Carolina will be fun with Knicks and uh, May. They both had 40-plus touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the over-under in that game is going to be very high. Oh, yeah, they'll be scoring all night. So even Purdue-LSU is a fun bowl game for me. So I, I enjoy all of them, uh, and I'll watch as much of them as I can. And like I said, the people there, oh, this bowl game's terrible. Like, what what is your problem? 
with having UAB and Miami of Ohio on the TV in the Bahamas Bowl. I don't, I love having it on because it, it's football <laughs> and you get to, you know, for the draft Knicks out there, I always kind of like watching these games because I'm going to be perfectly honest. No, I don't have time to watch every football game during the year. So like, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Eastern Michigan football, but I want to watch uh, Jose Ramirez in the bowl game. A guy that when we were kind of putting things together, I'm like, man, that guy has 12 and a half sacks. I want to watch him play. So mm-hmm. There you go. That's my bull spiel. And um, McBride the, from UAB. Let's get a chance to watch him. Of, of those 10 games, I think the one that, that stood out the most, I wished Hendon Hooker didn't get hurt because mm. I think Clemson and Tennessee with Hooker and Klubnik would have been incredible. But now I think Clemson's going to win. So it, it's it's a good game. It's a fun game. Please don't tweet bull games are meaningless. I just I know they might have a new roster. They might have half their team in the portal. But bull games always mean something different to everybody. That's what I always say. Yeah, I mean uh, the the opt outs and the um, transfers, and you know, it does get a little sticky. It doesn't feel like the regular season, and, and you just got to get past that. It, it doesn't mean as much as a regular season game. I kind of right. wish the college football world, when citing records of teams, did not really include bowl games. When you're talking about, oh, this team went eight and five last year. Well, did they go eight and four? Or did they go, you know, seven and five and then win a meaningless bowl game? Like, there's a difference to that. Is that, you know, you get a better picture, I think, when you look at the record without the bowl game uh, because they can be so random. Half your team might not be there um, and that kind of thing. So, but anyway, um, good show, Bill. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Yep. And uh, we will uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the All America podcast. We will be back next week. We'll have two shows. Uh, we of course we get the Heisman Trophy being awarded on Saturday night after the Army Navy game, as usual, and then uh, we will have two shows next week heading into the bowls. The bowls start next Thursday, so we will make some bowl picks. We're gonna have a new confidence contest. I won the first confidence contest. I don't want anybody to to, to forget that, but uh, I'll give <laughs> Bill I'll give Bill a shot to knock me off in the bowls. We'll see, but uh, anyway. Uh, Everybody enjoy the weekend and we will see you next week on the All-America Podcast.